Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and in this episode we'll be previewing day three and day four of the 2023 Cheltenham Festival. I am joined by Liz Batchelor and Mark Horowski. Um, before we get into the racing, let's see how they both are. Liz, I'll come to you first. You've not been on the podcast for a while. You, I see you've been enjoying uh, a trip to Vegas and also as well you're going to be going to the festival uh, this week. Yeah, been blowing my money in Vegas, so hopefully the pot isn't that, but it's going to be that big for this week. Um, but yeah, I am going tomorrow, which I think is the best day out of all four. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, you can find some winners for us and uh, put your knowledge to good use. And how about you, Mark? Uh, again, you've not been on for a little while. How are things? Yeah, all good. I'm looking forward to see the Challenge Festival. Hopefully we can get some winners. Uh, just being busy with some other stuff, racing stuff as well. But yeah, good to be back. Uh, hopefully we can get a couple of winners for the podcast. Yeah, hopefully we can. So let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is the one thirty at Cheltenham on Thursday, day three. It's the Turner's Novices Chase. It's a grade one contest and Mighty Potter is the favourite at five to four. We've then got Bambridge next in at ten to three. Appreciate it at four to one. So Gerhard at six. Uh, Balco Coastal at eleven. Stage Star elevens and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Liz. Mighty Potter, he's done nothing wrong since he's gone over fences. For many people, he is one of their bankers of the week. Do we think he's going to get the job done here, or are you keen to take him on? No, I think it has to be Mighty Potter. Um, he's beaten the second favourite Banbridge into second place when they last met at Fairy House in December, impressively by four and a half lengths. Um, I think five to four is probably about right. Um, obviously, appreciate it is in this also um, and was in behind Banbridge and El Fabiola last month. So if the form plays out from recent runs, Mighty Potter should have this in the bag. Although his only Cheltenham run um, was in last year's novices, it leaves a bit of a question mark, he pulled up. But he's got a bit of experience under his belt wet belt now, um, which should see him go well. I guess if you wanted some each way value, um, then I'm taking a look at Nicky Henderson's Balco Coastal, who's currently 12s. Okay, so a couple of thoughts uh, from Liz. How about you, Mark? Are you in agreement with Mighty Potter, or is he one that you're going to be laying on the day? I quite like um, Joseph O'Brien's Banbridge. I think that was a big run last time out at Leperstown, the Dublin Racing Fest. It was a big eye catcher running on second. Two from two at Cheltenham as well. Um, we were there that day on the 12th of November. We beat Tommy's Oscar. He was very impressive. They're very decisive around the bend, put the race to bed, jumped well, and obviously has already won at Cheltenham already. I think that's massive. Um, he won the Martin Pipe last year. I think that's the one question mark with Mighty Power. Obviously blown out last year. He's probably too short. Um, I think Bambridge is, should be favourite here. And I think he's improved since uh, since December again. I think that was a better race than beating Tommy's Oscar. I think he, I think he'll, he'll get past Mighty Power here. If you get them in a match bet, I'd be on Bambridge to finish in front of Mighty Power, especially around Cheltenham. Okay, a warm shout then from uh, Bambridge uh, for Mark. Um, yeah, I quite like Bambridge as well. He's a horse I've got a lot of time for. The only concern I would have is maybe the ground. I just wonder if he's slightly more effective on, on better ground. We've had a, or we're expecting at least a lot of rain this week at Cheltenham. So that would be my only concern. But I do think Bambridge uh, is a class act and I think he's a worthy adversary to Mighty Potter. So that's our thoughts then 
on the Turners. We now move on to the 250. The Ryanair registered as the Festival Trophy, a Grade 1 contest, and Shishkin is your favourite at 5-6. It was very impressive when he returned uh, after his uh, Ascot win. Uh, Blue Lord is next in the betting at 11-2. Conflated 11-2. Janadil at 15-2. Fury Road at 9-1. Envoy Lane at 12s and Bigger are the rest. Mark, I'll come to you here first. We don't have a full uh, list um, for the declarations in this race. Still yet to know the final field. But Shishkin, for many people, um, was very impressive last time out. He's probably going to take the beating for most people. He's 5-6. Are we going to side with him or, again, is he a horse that we want to take on? I think he's a horrible price. I think he's the worst price favourite at the Cheltenham Festival. We all know what happened at last year's Cheltenham Festival. We see the banker, stable information, the mug punter's horse to be after a fence. Listen, I don't, even, I don't even think he'll make it round this year. I think he gets beat. I think he's out of three. Um, I can't have him at all. Listen, I think he's. I think people are going to be carried away with the, the Ascot form. The second of uh, Paul Nichols picked the door was eased down, heavy ground. I can't have him. I, th I think he's a lay the festival, Shushkin. I think there's, the ground is going to be heavy with Mug Punter's tears after Shushkin gets put away. Yeah, I can see your your case there. Shishkin is a horse that I, I want to win because I've always had a real soft spot for this horse. But I, I do see your concerns. A lot of horses that run at that Ascot meeting as well, when they come to Charlton, they don't always deliver. Maybe they just have a hard race too close to the festival. But yeah, Mark is uh, against Shishkin then in the Ryanair. How about you, Liz? Um, Shishkin, are we siding with him? Those punters' tears will be mine um, if he doesn't win because, yeah, I am... I can't, I can't see past Shishkin the way he won that Ascot chase uh, by 16 lengths. Step up in distance after his second wind up, um, I think seems to have done the business after a disappointing third in the Tingle Creek. He's a looker of a horse um, and I'm definitely team Shishkin despite what Mark says. <laughs> okay, so we've got one vote for Shishkin that he's going to win the Ryanair, one vote that he's not. I'm kind of on the fence with him personally. I think we'll know our fate after three fences, but uh, yeah, I hope he does win because, like I say, he's a horse I have a lot of time for. And uh, yeah, I, do, I just think this this is his trip and this is definitely his race to lose. Um, so that's our thoughts then on the Ryanair. We then move on to the feature race on day three, which is the 330. It's the Paddy Power Stairs Hurdle, a grade one contest. Blazing Cow is your favourite at three to one. Marie's Rock is next in the betting at fours, but she's going to go to the Mares. We then got Tiupu at fours, Florin Porter at six to one, Home by the Lee at six to one. Classical Dream at 10s, bigger are the rest. Liz, I'll come to you here first. This looks a very competitive race on paper, but who are we going to be siding with? Well, as you would have seen from my Twitter earlier on in the week, I think 33s for one of my favourite horses, Dashiell Drasher, is actually a bit of a steal. Now bear with me. Um, he won't get his own way from the front with Florin Porter, but he seems to like Cheltenham and he will stay, which is it, um, and he will stay. Um, he's a good jumper, whether it's fences or hurdles. Um, and we last saw him come second by three lengths behind the French Raider Gold Tweet here at Cheltenham in January, who is also a large price in this race. Um, all depends how this race will pan out, obviously, like most races. Um, but if he is at the front, he could do well and, and it'll make the rest battle. Um, he's a real battler, so dash all for the places. Okay, a positive mention then from Dashiell Drescher, who's currently available at 33 
to one. How about you, Mark? Um, I think a few people will be trying to take on those at the top of their market. Is that one you like to a big price? I don't think the Charles Burns train Blazing Cal will go. He's three to one right now in the any post market. And obviously, if Philip Burns does take the ride, you'd be wanting to be laying that in the place market, especially around Cheltenham. I think Liz makes a good point with uh, Dashwood Drasher. Um, I think the form of Gold Tweet is, is good. I think that was a really impressive performance by Gold Tweet at Cheltenham. I think if you could get Dashwood Drasher around maybe 16, 20 to 1, the 6, 7 place market, I think you're going to nick a bit of solid each way profit there. I think Home by the Lease, consistent sort for uh, Joseph O'Brien. I mean, he's ultra consistent, a very game winner at the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, I'm not so sure about how this market's shaped up here. Floor and too short for me, massively disappointing. Um, I'd, be, I'd be amazed if this one can bounce back. And also, there's no way they're going to give this one an uncontested lead like last year. Um, they were sleeping in behind, let Danny Mullen slowed it down, kicked around the bend, it was all over. I think home by lease for win purposes, but I agree with Liz, I think Dasher Drasher's solid each way in the French horse, gold tweet. And that was 12 to 1. That one's massively overpriced. I think Gold Tweet should probably be around 6 to 1. I think 12 to 1 is value for Gold Tweet as well. Yeah, Gold Tweet was the way I was thinking. I thought that wasn't a bad race uh, last time out uh, in the um, in the Cleve hurdle. I thought that's not a bad piece of form to bring into this race. I think Tiupu is interesting with the ground coming in his favour, but he has to prove it at Cheltenham, so that would be a slight concern. But yeah, I'm going to go with you, Mark. I think Gold Tweet is overpriced, and he would be where my money's going. Okay, so that's our thoughts then on the Stairs Hurdle. We're now moving on to the 450 for the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novices Hurdle, a Grade 2 contest, and Lucia is your favourite, 7-4. to We've then got Ashro Diamond at 5-1, to Lot of Joy at 13-2, You Are at Well at 11s, Magical Zoe at 14s, Bigger are the rest. Um, Mark, I'll come to you here first. Lucia is a horse that has looked very impressive so far over hurdles, but we could get a big field here, and this could be a tough test for her. What did you think? Yeah, I think visually she's been very impressive, but the question is, is there any substance to the actual form? She's another one I think is too short, especially in this ground. Big field, I think you definitely want to be taking her on at the top of the market. Okay, so Mark. So me, I think I think again. Listen, big distance wins, but again, what she beat, I think she gets beat as well. You could easily see her out the three as well. Okay, so Mark is quite keen to oppose Lucia. How about you though, Liz? Are you going to keep the faith with the jolly? I am. Everything Mark says, I'm just going to say the opposite. Um, and I always seem to back a lot of Henderson's horses at the festival. Um, this race isn't an exception. I think she's just a really smart mare. She's obviously chosen to come here, well, not herself personally, but um, they've chosen, a connection they've chosen to come here rather than the Supreme. It's disappointed me slightly as I think she she's clearly shown that she can beat the boys. Um, she usually skips over hurdles plays over the final hurdle blunder at the, at the last at Exeter in February, but she still remains unbeaten. Um, Henderson really rates her. She's one on soft, so I don't think Rand is too much of a concern, um, but Lucia for me. Okay, so one uh, vote for Lucia, one vote against. I'm actually going to take her on myself. I thought she was a little bit too short. I like You Wear It Well for Jamie Snowden. Um, has a really uh, good piece of form to her name But uh, when she finished second in the cello behind Hermes. And then I thought that was a really good run. She won't mind a little bit of juice in the ground. She's a really consistent mare. She then backed it up 
um, after Newbury when she won at Sandown last time out. Uh, got a similar profile to Love and Bois, who uh, was was similarly campaigned. I just think she represents a bit of value there. And for me, I think she's a good each-way price. So she's my idea of the winner. Okay, so um, before we move over to day four, this is the point of the podcast where we have uh, an opportunity to talk about some of the other fancies on day three. Liz, is there anything you liked away from the races we were just talking about? Um, I'm just looking at the Kim Muir on Thursday, actually. I'm, I'm on the lookout for uh, Next Destination, who is running after a whopping 730 days off, a uh, switch from, from Paul Nichols to Nicky Henderson. It will be a massive job off the top weight, but it's good to see him back and see what he can do. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting horse. He's been around the block, I think, a few times with a few different trainers, Willie Mullins, uh, Paul Nichols. But, uh, yeah, if he's in one piece, uh, he could maybe be uh, a big danger in the Kim Muir. So uh, that is next destination from Liz. How about you, Mark? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in any of the handicaps? I think uh, walking on air for Nicky Henderson is quite interesting. And for temps, um, he's quite a big price. was impressive at... Uh, Exeter last time out, heavy ground. I think he only got, I think this one didn't go get too much, but £5 for that. I think the ground's definitely going to be heavy. I think this one can be competitive off that mark. It's a 1 3 8 walking on air. Nico takes it right. Okay, so a couple of fancies there uh, in some of the handicaps. I don't really have anything else myself to add. I thought. Uh, Thursday is quite tricky, so I'm going to wait for the decks. Okay, we just have a short message from Mark, and we'll be right back after this. You may have wondered where I've been for the last few months. I currently operate the number one horse racing service in the UK and Ireland. 800 plus points profit in 2022. So let me break that down for you. £10 each way on all my selections in 2022 would have won you over £8,000 profit. If you want to get involved in the number one horse racing service in the UK and Ireland, it's very, very simple. Reach out to myself on Twitter or Instagram or simply use the link in my bio. This will give you access to all my Cheltenham Festival selections and all my selections moving forward. Good luck. Right, so we are now moving on to day four where we're going to look at the Triumph Hurdle as the first race we're going to talk about. Uh, it's the 1.30, uh, a grade one over two miles for the Juveniles. Blood Destiny is your favourite at 7 to 4, along with Lozzy Mouth. We then got Gala Masso at 4 to 1. Zenta then uh, is a big price at 16 to 1. Jupiter to the Geek at 25s, along with Scriptwriter. And bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Liz. Uh, for many people, this looks a match between Blood Destiny and Lozzy Mouth. How did you see it? Yeah, they are the two clear favourites, but I'm going to go for some each-way value in one that's probably slipped under the radar. He's been running in France, um, and that is Jipcot, or Jipco, whatever uh, accent you wish to take on. But I think it's currently 20s, uh, especially if the ground slips to heavy as we progress into the week. He's not beaten anything of note, and he's now moved to Ben Pauling's yard, but he's been supplemented, which is always something um, to note. I'm sure we all remember O Petitson of Port Nichols' land in the Coral Cup on his first start in Britain. And I think Jipco could be a good watch at a bigger price. Okay, yeah, yeah, an interesting one there from Liz. He's had a few juveniles 
that have come into uh, his acquisition of late. I think Bad is a, a really fancy, well fancy horse for the Boodles on Tuesday. So Jib Cut, an interesting horse then uh, to follow from Liz. How about you, Mark? How did you see the triumph? Yeah, I think um, it's probably a, a race you want to be kicking on the, the front two in the bang here. I think Lozzy Mouth, there's excuses for that run last time out. But the one I like is uh, Willie Mullins' other runner, Zenta. One run in France, uh, ran two weeks ago, was four to seven, first time out, JP McManus. I actually had a good word for this one, and I put it up in my premium service at 80 to one and 66 to one. It's my only anti post selection that I've had. Um, all my members got on, snapped up that 66 to one before this one ran on debut. The information I had was this thing works well at home and should never be a 66 to one shot. One on debut, made a few mistakes, two out, but. There was an interview with Willie Mullins after he was quite surprised that she made those errors because she jumps well at home. She works really well at home. Um, and the market's obviously reacted to what she's as low as 14 to 1, 10 to 1 in places now. So obviously if she wins, it'll be a huge win for obviously the, the premium service. I've had a, a serious bet on her as well. So obviously if she wins, I'll knock out five figures as well. So hopefully she does the business. I'll take a place, but a win would be lovely. Okay, a uh, uh, good word then for Zenta from March. So that's the triumph covered. The next race we're going to look at is the 250. It's the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, a grade one contest over three miles. I think this definitely has the most depth of any um, novice hurdle we're going to see this week. Free card brag is your favourite, seven to two. We've then got Corbett's Cross, who's been bought by JP McManus for Emma Mullins at nine to two. Embassy Gardens at seven to one. Hidden Valen, Valen, Hidden Valley Lake at nines. Favre de Champondu at twelve. Sandor Clergan at 12s, Monty Star at 14s, and Bigger are the rest. Mark, this looks a very, very competitive race. Um, did you have one at a big price for the listeners, or do you think it revolves around the front of the market? I think the obviously the purchase of the purchase of Corbett's Cross by, by JP is, is definitely uh, one you should take note of. I thought Imagine was a big price, but I think this one's going elsewhere. Um, at the moment, I don't want to sit in the fence, don't let me to sit on the fence, but I think it's a no bet for me at the moment until I see the decks come in. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. It's quite tricky to, to work out what's going to go uh, where, but this does, like I say, look like a classy renewal. It reminds me of the year when Monkfish won. We had Time Hill, uh, Fury Road, um, also as well, latest exhibition. It looks like a classy race. Um, what did you think on the Albert Bartlett, Liz? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big field anyway, even with the decks not declared, but it's over three miles. And you have to look right down the better market currently to see a British trained runner. Um, but my vote is for one of Gordon Elliott's, but it's not three card brag. It's for Favori de Champdu. Had a few difficulties in the past, absent for a year, but he's three from three this season, including his last run at Limerick, where I think he won well by four and a quarter lengths over two miles seven. He is a staying type and he jumps well. Uh, a definite stay in chaser in the future, I think. Um, definitely has more to give. Currently, 12s uh, good each way here. Okay. Um, Liz thinks the Jiggins Town favourite de Champ do. 
could uh, go well in the Albert Bartlett. I myself like Monty Staff, Henry de Bromhead. I think the Yard are coming into a little bit of form now. They had a few winners at the weekend, so they could just be hitting uh, form at the right time. Um, he beat Hidden Valley Lake at Clonmel uh, quite nicely, I thought, uh, back in February. It's actually from the family of Mona Lee that these connections know really well. Even the point-to-point -point form looks pretty decent as well behind the likes of Stay Away Faye. I just thought um, he was quite a big price there at... Um, at 14 to 1 and for me I think if he's ridden prominently he's going to like the soft ground I think he's a massive uh, player in the Albert Bartlett and like, like I said I just think it could be key with uh, Henry de Bromhead's team coming back into form so he's my selection for the Albert Bartlett we now move on to the feature race of the whole week it is the 330 Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup grade 1 contest over 3 miles and 2 furlongs Gareth Pentechamp is your favourite at seven to four. We've then got Brave Man's Game at thirteen to two. Aplutada eights. Noble Yates at nine, uh, nine to one. Statler at tens. Conflated at fourteens. Ahoy Senior at sixteens. Along with Protectorat and bigger are the rest. Liz, you can have first say here. For many people, Gareth Pentechamp is going to be one of the more classier types we're going to see at the festival. I personally think he's a little bit short myself at seven to four. Are we going to oppose him here? I am. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just not sold on him at all. My face, if anyone could see my face, whenever I think of him and winning a gold cup, my face just seems to scrunch up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't overly impressed with the run at Leopardstown last month, to be honest. Um, and people can have a go at what they like, but I wasn't impressed. Um, I'd love to see Brave Man's game win this. Um, well, actually, there's quite a few I'd love to see win this. Hewick, for the story, he cost 850 euros. He's improving, and he's ridden by 16-year-old Paddy Hanlon. Uh, the 2021 runner-up and last year's winner, a plus tard, who won this so easily last year, but his sole run this season at Haydock in November. I think something was amiss. Uh, the Grand National winner, Noble Yates, could find a rocket and power on up, up the hill. Um, but Brave, Man, Brave Man's Game has won well the last 12 twice uh, is King George I think was really impressive with it by 14 lengths and I think he'll take this yeah I'm actually in agreement with you I think uh, he's achieved more this season he's beaten better rivals I just think Gallop and Deschamps has yet to beat a serious horse over fences. I thought there was question marks actually about that run at Leopardstown last time out. I personally think he should be more of a of at least a four to one chance in here. There's much more depth in the race. Like you've mentioned, there's plenty of it in here to take him on. Where I think Noble Yates has got a good chance. A Plutard, if he bounced back with his Cheltenham record, could go well. A Hoy Senor as well. I think he could run a good race. And he even sounds Russian. I thought if uh, they um, waited on him a little bit more he could definitely be a player and he'll definitely like conditions if it's on the test inside it looks a very competitive gold cup on paper mark but um are you going to be siding with the favorite here samantha i think he's he's got pretty solid form um obviously it's a game of opinions i think there's a lot of people want to take it on talking about it doesn't stay the form is it great i think he's the right favorite he should probably be around two to one i think he's probably just a little bit under he's seven or four at the moment I'd be against Noble Yates. I'd be against Aplutard. That one bombed out of Haydock, the bet for a chase. They're too short. I think Brave Man's game solid each way, 13-2. Even if he places your neck in a little bit of profit, I think that should probably be around 9-2. So I think he's too big. Royal Pagal, if it turns into a, a bog, this one could run on for a place. 
Sounds rushing. Again, I agree with that as well. If it turns into a bog, he's a massive price. I think it's it's one of these ones where you're either going to tank the favourite or you'll be looking for one at a massive price in the, the each-way market. You, on the day, you could probably get five places. Royal Pagal, 50-1. to one. Nick a place, 50-1. to one. Sounds rushing, 20-1, to one, five places. That's how I would play the race. I'll probably stay away from Aplutard and Noble Yates. Uh, Noble Yates had every chance last time. Aplutard bombed out. Not not convinced with the stable form either. Again, I think the favourite's solid. Um, like I'd rather be on Galloping Duchamp seven to four than Shishkin at fucking odds on five to six. It's madness. <laughs> okay, bold words there from Mark uh, on the Gold Cup. So that's our selections for day four from the main races. Uh, Liz, I'll come to you first. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about on day four? Um. The Challenge Cup, so the Hunter's Chase, I was on winged leader last year and he got done done on the line um, by Cheltenham Lover Billaway um, and it was a bit heartbreaking. Um, but I reckon one of these two again, uh, especially at the closing stages, um, but Billaway does love it here. Um, and I think he's sixth to one, which I think is a fairly decent price, but obviously it's a big field. Okay, one tonight then in the Fox Hunters for Liz. How about you though, Mark? Is there anything else you like the look of on the final day? I was also on wing leader at last year's John First, but I was watching it in this very seat, showing a home. My manager was sitting next to me, and I was thinking, "This isn't going to stop, is it?" Fucking six lines clear over the last we've done on the line. These robot Mullins horses, you know. Again, I think wing leader's a good, a decent price, eleven or two. Um, be surprised if this one's out of the three. Uh, Billy Wade is very weak. Uh, he's 7-1. But I'd probably be with wing leader in that race. Um, but the best bet for me would be Zenta. It's the one I like. 10-1, 14-1, best price available. Okay, Mark's quite keen on Zenta for the Triumph. I just got a couple to mention for the Friday in the handicaps. In the county hurdle, I thought uh, last year's uh, Colonel Mustard and uh, First Street, their run from last year, thought they replicated that. I thought they'll be there or thereabouts. I think um, they've got a good chance uh, in the race and they won't mind a little bit of easing conditions. Um, also, as well, in the mare's chase, I thought Impervious would take the beating over Allegory Devassi. For me, I'm really concerned about her jumping. Um, she's been shown a tendency to jump out to uh, to the right, which would just not be good at Cheltenham at all. And I, I just like the look of Impervious's form. She beat Journey with me, who boosted the form at the weekend. So I'd rather be siding with her. And just one for the Mine Pipe, um, the last race on the card. Mai Tai, I've been all over for him for this race. Lorca Murta is likely to uh, to get the ride. Um, was a good second last time out behind Hacker de Plas, who just got first run on him. He's a class horse. He finished second in a grade one behind Free Stripe Life last season. He's got plenty of good form next to his name behind the likes of John Bond and Constitution Hill as a novice hurdler. I just think off a mark of 145 here. I think he's really dangerous, and especially over this trip. So, yeah, he's one to note for me in the Martin Pipe. So that rounds off day four. Now, as Liz and Mark didn't get to uh, give their selections for the first couple of days. I'll come to them to see if they fancy anything. Liz, I'll come to you here first. Um, obviously, um, there's a lot of good racing on the first couple of days at Cheltenham. Is there any tips or any horses to follow uh, that you want to give the listeners? 
I do. I might be here for some time, so my apologies. Um, so tomorrow, Tuesday, Supreme. Um, I've changed my mind about 20 times. Initial thoughts was on Marine National, but I think we need to think again on Tamarus. Um, he finishes his race as well, and the hill should be easy for him to get up. Um, we do well to almost ignore British runners, um, but the past five run-ins of this race, we've had three British and two Irish winners. He would want it soft, which he may well get. I think it's been lashing down today at Cheltenham. Um, so Tamarus for me for the Supreme. Also on Tuesday, uh, Champion Hurdle, Constitution Hill. I don't need to explain any reasoning behind that. Uh, the the mayor's hurdle is also on Tuesday, which is why I think it's the best day out of all four days. Um, but mayor's hurdle, it's got to be easily top top two to even top three races of uh, of the week. Um, but I'm really pleased that Epiton has been supplemented. I've always been in her camp for a long time, and this is going to be one of the best races of the week, as I said. What with Honeysuckle and now Marie's Rock entered for this, um, it's going to be yeah one to watch. But Epiton for me, I think I think she might she might nick it, um, and it's not going to be a surprise. Also Tuesday, the Arkle John Bond, he didn't nearly get beaten at Warwick, despite what everyone else thinks. Henderson will have him just right for that. Um, and in the Ultima uh, into overdrive, he won five of his last six chases, been raised five pounds since his win in December, where I backed him. Always prominent, um, and the others will do well to battle against him over the last, as he loves to stay on. So that's Tuesday covered. I'm laughing, Liz, because... You're laughing at the epiton. I, I backed her at 60-60s each way for the champion. She went for the fucking mares. But um, I wasn't happy. But I, I took a lot of stick for that. But um, yeah, listen, it's game of opinions, isn't it? So it's all about. Is there any horses you want to take? Just lay lay all the favourites under 2-1. That's all I can say is be aggressive and lay all the favourites. If you had laid all the favourites under 2-1 to one since 2015, You'd be up over a hundred points profit. So if you laid them all for, if you backed them all for twenty quid under two one in the last seven years, you would have lost two thousand pound. Okay, so strong. So, listen, Constitution Hill can win. Listen, he's probably going to win any. He's fours on. John Bon Shishkin. Some of them are going to get cuffed. Like Cheltenham is a graveyard for mug punters. It's a graveyard. Okay, some strong words. Sorry, sorry for putting a dampener on that, right? But I'm just, I had a look at the stats today and I was thinking, geez, oh, I don't know how these punters keep coming back. Uh, well, who knows? Anyway, I'm going to end it now. Okay, so some strong words there from Mark to end off the podcast. Um, before we I sign off... Wednesday, I haven't covered Wednesday off yet, Chris. Well, I said you, any fancies, you just... Yeah, in... and I said I'd cover Tuesday. Oh, sorry. Listen, listen, I love this unedited podcast. Oh, <laughs> man. And I'll this tell is, you it's this is where it all goes wrong. Oh. The place late. We'll cover Wednesday. Okay. So, so, yeah, is there anything you fancy on Wednesday, Liz? Yes, there is, Chris. Um, so, for the Coral Cup, I think uh, Phil Dore, it's a good claimer on board in Ben Harvey, came alive to beat odds on Sharjah at Garen Park last time out. Ground will be fine. Good prices at 14s, I think. Uh, the Brown Advisory, Jerry Cologne, still unbeaten. Can he do it at Cheltenham? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but Gallia Delito takes the mayor's allowance of £7, which could be handy. But Sir Gerhard, Ger, 
Geez. Sir Gerhard, the former champion bumper and ballot ball winner, could have a big say in this. Uh, so that's the Brown Advisory. For the Queen Mother, would love to see Edward Stone win it. I'm not convinced he can turn the tables on Editor Dejit, especially if Editor goes from the front again. And the owners what that the owners won that Clarence House chase at Ascot with Sarge Grugy and did the double with him in the champion chase. And I think five to one is maybe a bit insulting to him, um, but a good matchup with only seven runners declared. So that's Wednesday covered too. Okay, so that uh, is our other fancies for the remainder of the Cheltenham Festival. So thanks again to Liz and Mark for giving up their time. Hopefully we found you some winners this week. Please remember to subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available on Spotify, Apple and SoundCloud. You can follow us on the socials as well, where we're on Twitter and Instagram. So make sure you do if you don't do so already. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.